What kind of week have you had? I've been talking to a couple of different parents, and for the parents at the very least, uh, those that have already started to send their kids to school, it's been an, an adventure. There's been so many little bits, and there's been a lot of worry leading into it, a lot of desires of wanting to do it right, of wanting to start off September well. Um, I'm sure it's been strange for many of us. And so where I wanted to go today with our talk, with my talk, is with the summer coming to a close in September, already a few days in, I felt that a simple, clear, encouraging message um, was what we should go after today. A message I believe is from the Lord for us today. A message for you and for me. And it's simply this, press on. Press on. Those goals that you set that you never attempted, hit reset and press on towards that goal. This past week didn't go the way you had envisioned it, and now you're starting to feel like, ah, it's all kind of come apart. No, press on. Maybe this past week or month or half year, actually, has kind of left you almost feeling like a different person. You barely recognize yourself, perhaps. Um, well, you've stopped exercising, you've stopped dreaming, you've stopped praying, you've stopped reading scripture, you've stopped creating. Well, today, hit reset and press on towards the goal. I remember uh, a couple of months ago, I got to watch the video of my niece and nephews um, doing their Taekwondo uh, competition, like they were passing like the next level. And part of it was breaking the boards, right? Which is always kind of fascinating because if you don't hit it hard enough, it really hurts. And so they, they break the one and then they, they did another one. They did some kick. Wow, did you see how good that was? Okay, I'll stop that. All right, they did a kick and then the one time they hit it and it didn't break and you could see that it hurt. And they had like, there was that moment in their eyes of like, I'm afraid now, like this new, this new fear is showing up and then they decide to like, okay, I've got to do it. And then they like, they punch and they punched through it. But they were affected by that first initial fail, right? I saw this other YouTube video where there's this little kid and he just kept hitting it and hitting it and hitting this board and it wasn't breaking and he was getting so frustrated and so like tears are starting to stream down his face and his dad, who's the, who's the sensei, is like, you can do it, you got this, and eventually broke through it and the entire dojo just like freaked out and like just got so excited and it was super, super encouraging. And I was like, oh, the emotions, he did it. He accomplished his goal, he made it through. So wherever you might be at, maybe for you the summer um, has destroyed your discipline and you've, like, you don't even know where you're at anymore. Or maybe the summer has actually gone really, really well and you're like flying high and you're excited for this new season. Um, things are looking up, new opportunities. I'm thinking of two certain people. Yeah, right there. Not excited at all. Yes, you are. Um, but with all of these things, um, while you have life that you can be looking forward, to, um, you have this passion and conviction, I still want to encourage us all to put on a mindset of pressing on. Because when you hit a roadblock, what, what will you do and where will you go? Now, some of you, 
there might be some of you that are not actually even listening to me right now. And I could have just been saying all sorts of words and you've barely even noticed. You're just going through the motions because somewhere along the way, the goal, the goal to live the life of faith, forgiveness and freedom in Christ, it just kind of faded into living an okay-ish life. Hit, reset, and press on. Now, Paul, great man in Scripture, um, while in this desperate situation, he writes a letter to the Philippians. He's, he's in prison. Life is difficult. And I'd like to read with you uh, this passage. It's Philippians 3, 10 to 14. And I think it'll just help give us a picture of what it means for us to press on. I want to know Christ. Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Wow, such beautiful, good words. I will press on. I will not quit. I will go after the goal that has been given that I have in front of me. So whether you want to get going in your life, whether you want to push towards those goals or whether you still need to be convinced, um, I think that this is for all of us today. I, there's several years ago, I was hiking. Um, and I was hiking and the weather turned. So we had climbed up to the top of this, this, the hill and then we were heading back down towards another valley and we were going to continue on our way. When I was at the very top all of a sudden, the weather system changed, and the, it got terribly cold. And I didn't think it through. I was quite a bit younger, and I didn't work through what I should do. I didn't stop and unpack my warmer gear. I was like, it's fine. I got this. And I just kept hiking, and it, I got colder and colder and colder. And like the kind of cold where you just start to like shake a little bit. And then the best part ever is I get to the edge of a river, and my group, we are all, they all convince each other that we all have to go across this river. And it's too deep, like you, we can't do the boots, so off the boots come, you're like hanging over your neck or whatever, and you hike through, and it is glacial cold water, and my body temperature just plummets. I'm already cold. And I remember making it like right to the midpoint, and I, I feel like my body is shutting down, friends. Seriously, like I and I start to have these like thoughts of this this wa this water is just going to take me away. This is my moment. I'm I'm dead. I'm dying. Here it is. It's over. Like actually going to that place. And my dad and my brother are on the other side, and they'd be like, Trent, come on, you can do it. I'm like, it's too it's too late for me. Go without me. I didn't actually say that, but I thought it in my head. And then I'm like, okay, you have no other option, Trent. You you actually have to go. You have to keep moving forward. You have to press on. So like I take one step, 
Take another step, you do the whole slide and it really hurts your bare feet, right? When it's freezing like that. And another step and another step. Eventually I get to the other side. I'm shaking, people are helping me out. They're like warming me up. I put my boots on. I eventually get my body temperature back up and we continue on the hike. I, I couldn't have done it without the encouragement of my friends. That's for sure. Um, and I am so glad I didn't just let myself like get washed away because that would be terrible for my brother and my dad because they would have come and saved me and I would have been fine, but it would have been really annoying for them. <laughs> but anyways, all of that saying is we have to press on. Why do we press on? Why should we do it? A lot of times because there's actually not a really a better option. Like why stay where you're at if where you're at is not okay? Why, would, why stay there? Um, let me give you a couple, quick three general reasons, and then I'm going to go to some spiritual, like, unique reasons for us in this season to press on towards the goal that Christ is calling us to. So three simple general reasons. It builds confidence when you press on. You'll discover that you are able, that you are growing, that your skills are refined, that you overcame in a way that you weren't expecting. And through all of that, it builds your confidence as a person. And so why would you not take on those new challenges? Now you're more willing to take a, a, a leap of faith into some other area or a different work environment or whatever the case might be. It builds confidence. It also builds trust. When you have a challenge that's in front of you, when there's a task given to you, when there's an opportunity and it's difficult and you press on and you continue on towards the goal, people start to trust you more. They start to believe that they can add more to your plate because you're going to follow through with it, that you make a promise and you keep a promise. It builds trust. It also builds resilience. When greater adversity down the road comes, you, you, you know where you've been. You've known what you've accomplished. You know that you can make it through. And that kind of resilience in this season, in this day that we are living in is so critical for all of us. We need to be building our resilience because the world is throwing a lot of crazy stuff at us these days. And so now in regards to our spiritual lives, I, I want to say this one thing. This first simple point is the alternative to not pressing on. What does that look like in your life? So something didn't go the way you wanted, or this past week you had these goals set and then it didn't come through and now you want to quit on those goals or something. The alternative actually might be putting on back a yoke of slavery. Now what do I mean by that? In Galatians 5.1 it says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. When we came up out of Christ, when we came into Christ, when we found our redemption and our salvation, those of us who follow Jesus and have found his salvation, and he's given that to us, we don't want to go back to a yoke of, of slavery. It is heavy. It is a burden. It is taxing. It is broken. It's terrible. And so we are encouraged throughout Scripture to stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For some of us, that's the option. Yoke of slavery or hit reset and press on towards the goal. Second, 
in the spiritual component. God invites us to do it. God is constantly doing a new thing in this world. He is always giving new opportunity, new horizons for us as his people to encounter him, to know him, to grow in our lives. He invites us to not let the past become a snare. Earlier in the service, uh, Pastor Matt read from Isaiah 43. And there's this little bit. It says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. This is our God. This is our God who says, you know what? You can learn from the past. We can grow from that. We can understand ourselves better, but we cannot let those things define who we are and where we're going. Behold, I am doing a new thing. He is, in fact, doing a new thing right now in our lives, in our world. And, he, and, in, and Isaiah asks, has this question, do you not perceive it? I just encourage you to, for all of us to open our eyes and to recognize God is up to something, something good. Do you perceive it? Third, it was in the passage that I already had just read um, in Philippians, there is a prize for those who press on. Sometimes I forget about that. In, in my Christian life, it's easy for me to just kind of not actually remember that there is a prize at the end of all of this, that there is in fact a goal for us to go after, that there is a good and beautiful and rich and delightful thing for all of us that we can actually press on. We can actually fight towards that. So when we have suffering and we have challenges, we have hurdles, we can actually be reminded. We can know, oh, there's actually a prize waiting for us at the end of all of this. Christ has promised us an eternal life with him, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. And that's a beautiful, perfect, glorious thing. We have that prize to fight towards. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now this next point, I, this is critical. This is so important for us to press on. Why press on? Why should we continue to go after that goal even though maybe things didn't go well for us? Because in Christ, we can. We can actually press on. Jesus offers you the grace and the power to move from this moment towards that life with God that you actually desire. You are not disqualified. Jesus, what he did for us, what he does with us, does, allows us to actually press on. He allows, it allows us to be free from our past. We don't have to just prove it to ourselves or try to measure, balance the scales. In Christ Jesus, we can actually let the past go and press on. And the past maybe was last night or two nights ago or five weeks ago or whenever. That past, you have that opportunity in Christ and in Christ alone to actually fully let that past stay there. 
That is so critical and beautiful for us as Christians. Ephesians 2, 8 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. That is truth. That is reality. The old has gone. The new is here. Press on. I encourage you. Why? Because you can. Because God invites you to do it. Because of these general benefits, right? Confidence, trust, resilience. And the alternative, it's not good. We do not want to go back to a yoke of slavery. So, so how do we press on? Okay, Trent, that's great. I'm excited. I want to do this. I want to continue forward. So how do we press on? Well, first, hit reset. That's my encouragement to you. Hit reset. What, one of the things growing up um, and having like computers, even earlier today, I was working on a document that was driving me crazy, seriously. I kept trying to align the margins, and then when I'd go to hit print, it would tell me that my margins were out of whack, but honestly, I would look on the screen, and it was fine, and then when I would hit print, it was all messed up, and then I accidentally like hit a re the wrong reset, and like it was a mess, so I'd eventually I was like, reset, like clean this out, let's start over, and eventually I solved the problem, Yay, press on, Trent. Okay, yeah, there's my perfect illustration for today. I pressed on with Microsoft Word. All right, but why, why was that a challenge? Well, I don't know, but here's the thing. Hit reset. And in our personal, in our spiritual lives, Christ alone has paid the price. He has victory over evil. He's taken our place so that we are able to hit reset right now in this moment. And what does reset look like? Well, what I mean is, A, repent. And repent is more than saying sorry. It's choosing to turn away from that direction and turn to this direction. It's choosing to go away from the wrong and towards the right. In Acts 3, it's, there's this beautiful passage uh, where Stephen is crying out and letting everybody know He's like, he says this, Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that good? And let me read that to you again. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Friends, are you longing for the refreshment of the Lord? Are you longing to be able to have that sense of renewal? To feel like you are able to get going on some of these goals, projects, uh, personal disciplines, spiritual exercises, whatever the case might be. Are you longing for that? Well, you can hit reset. You can repent and turn and go forwards. And times of refreshing are in front of us. The second part of reset 
is just is the acceptance of who we are as humans. Simultaneously acknowledging we are frail, <laughs> we fail, we have our bits, our mistakes, we have these things, but we also have our identity fixed in Christ. And that we hold these two things in a bit of tension, creating deep humility in our lives and a deep open-handed presence before the Lord saying, I can't take this back because if I take it back, I might do something wrong with it. Lord, keep it. I accept my state. I accept who I am. I acknowledge that I'm both a sinner and I am deeply loved and I am a saint. And I just hold that before you, Lord. You accept it. And then the final thing for hitting reset is that you rely on God, right? There's an open-handedness, but then you actually take the step of faith. You actually start to live your life with hands open, accepting who you are and what God is doing in your life. 2 Corinthians 1, 9 says this, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. So this is Paul talking to the, uh, the Corinthians, and he's explaining like he was in a real tough place. Life was going hard. They had, he didn't know what was going to happen. But this happened, this is what he says, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. When's the last time you relied on God? When's the last time? Right? Let us rely on God, the one who raises the dead. Hit reset. Secondly, so this is for us, how do we go on to this world? How do we press on? One, hit reset. Two, define the goal, right? Where are you headed? Visualize it. Contemplate. What is the prize? Meditate on that image of the prize. We know this in sports, right? That they often talk about you've got to visualize playing, you've got to visualize winning, you've got to visualize making the right making the right stroke or the right hit or the right move, and it actually makes a difference in your play. It's not just like this weird idea. It actually helps athletes become better athletes. All of Scripture constantly, constantly is requesting, asking, pleading us to meditate on the Word of the Lord to meditate on the Lord, to meditate on Christ and his character and who he is and let it get bigger and bigger and bigger in your vision and in your mind and in your, and in your day-to-day life. The bigger Christ gets, the more things make sense, the more things align, the more you can handle the challenge, the more resilience you have when you allow Christ to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But that doesn't just happen by accident. Meditate on God's word. Allow it to saturate you. Allow it to fill your mind and fill your heart. Talk about it. Think about it. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, I want to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. Paul was passionate about that one thing. I want to know Christ. I want to know him so well. And the more I know Christ, the more these other things just change and make sense or things fit or I can handle the suffering. Define that goal in your life and visualize, contemplate, meditate on Christ. 
We need his help. We need, God's, we, need, we need God's voice in this journey. We need scripture in this process. We need others. There, there's this beautiful story about St. Francis of Assisi where he's having this conversation with, um, with, one, with another person. And the conversation is about just the wonder and beauty and majesty of God. And they just start talking about how good God is. And it just starts to become more and more and more. And they become so passionate about it. They're just so excited about the life of Christ that there are people that are outside the house that are walking by and they actually started to get afraid. And they called like the, the local fire brigade. I don't know what they would have called it back in the day because they thought the house was on fire. So that's how the story actually goes. The presence of God came down like tongues of fire on the house because these two people just couldn't stop talking about Christ. How cool is that? I love that image. Is your house, is your life talking about Christ, making him great? That helps us press on. That is how we can get to the goals that are in our lives. When we make much of Christ, we are able to get after those things. Even the small things, like exercising and eating well or um, organizing our calendars, these things actually fit when we pursue Christ. I want to encourage you to make him your everything. And then third point, recognize that spiritual health, it's not a state of being, but it's a, it's a state of motion. What do, what do I mean by that? Sorry, I'm kind of being a little cryptic with that. Spiritual health is not just like I've arrived at this thing. I've hit this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. Check. That's kind of like the Pharisees that we read about earlier today. Spiritual health is not a state of being, but it's a journey. It's a walking. It's an, an in-process a couple of days ago, my fr a friend of mine asked me to join her and a couple of other people on a panel discussion regarding holistic health. And I thought to myself, why are you asking me? And she's like, well, you're like the theology side of this equation. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and her goal was to bring those who are listening into a conversation about what it really means to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit, and how our health uh, in one area affects health in another area. And I thought it was a great topic um, and a critical topic for us today. And then she turned to me and she asked, Trent, what's your definition of spiritual health? And I hadn't been asked that question maybe ever or in a really long time. So I thought about it for a little while and what I came to was, it was this, to be in motion towards a life of greater trust submission and faith in God, and refining one's world to live, love, and serve in the way of Jesus. So I took that little bits from other people, I've, other, other things I've heard, but it's to be in motion towards a life of greater trust, submission, and faith in God. Friends, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your stumbles have looked like. I don't know what these past six months have been like and you're looking and being like, I haven't picked up my Bible in months. That's okay, because you can pick it up today. You can hit reset, and you can press on. You can take a small, simple step in the direction of Christ and know that that is what it means for us to be healthy. 
Don't worry about way over there. Don't, don't worry about achieving some great goal down the road. Just right here, right now, take that step, whatever that might look like in your life. Implement some spiritual practice, something maybe in your life that you know will help you get towards that goal that you have in mind. So back to that story of me going through and freezing in the river. So I made it through, and then several years later, I entered into what's called the Tough Mudder. And so it's like this really crazy race where you run far and you have to go over these hurdles and climb ropes and jump over things. And it was quite intense. I tried to do a bit of training, but it was hard to train for it. The day came when me and my friends did this race, and the weather was terrible. It was like plus one, even zero. It started to snow. And one of the first activities is called the polar dip, where they actually have you submerge in a bucket of ice water. You come out of that, and then you continue on in the race. Like, how ridiculous is that? Like, that's crazy. And then the final activity that you have to go through has these electric wires that you run through, and they shock you. Like, why did I sign up? I don't know. Either way. Um, so you go through, and some people are starting to, like, seize up and freeze. And I go back into my memory and I'm like, hmm, there was a time when I was really cold and I thought it was going to be the end of me. What did I do? I kept going and it turned out okay. So I like turned to my friends and I'm like, you cannot stop. Get warm by exercising. Like, let's continue on. Press through. And so we started going. And honestly, a lot of people through that race, like, started dropping off, like, not, like, dying, like, they quit, or they, like, had to go to the emergency and, like, put themselves under blankets and things like that, and I remember there was this one point where I'm, and it's raining and the mud, and so there's these ropes that you're, like, climbing up this rope or this, like, hill on, and normally it's just, oh, I'm using a rope to get up this hill, but now it's like a river of mud. I'm not kidding you, and so I'm, like, the rope is, like, the impossible to grip. I'm jamming my fingers into the mud and pulling myself up. And I remember thinking, if, and I look down, and I'm like, if I fall, it's like actually really serious. So I have to keep going up. And I'm just like, just one climb at a time. And eventually I make it to the top, turn down and help pull up my one friend. And we eventually finished the race. And I, I made it. I, I finished it. And... I look back at that and I don't think I would have been able to press on and get through the Tough mutter if I hadn't had that other experience with my dad and my brother. We have our challenges, we have these moments, we have hurdles in our lives, and those things, when we press on and we get through it, they teach us things. They give us resilience, they give us the ability to have an understanding that when we face a new hurdle, you're like, oh, I, I can do that. God was here for me in this way. I know I can trust God like this because he came through for me back then. And you're allowed to, you're able to take all of that and grow in your life. Take a small step in your faith journey today. Press on. Friends, let's pray. Lord Jesus, Son of God, mighty ruler, king of kings, lord of lords. I thank you so much that you came and you conquered, that you are the victorious one, that 
that you give us the opportunity to repent, to turn to you, to give our lives over to you, and then we can actually hit reset on our lives. We can press on towards those goals. And Lord, we ask, we need you to help us have a bigger and grander vision of who you are and the goal that we are fighting towards. Lord, we need you in all of this. I am so excited that we get to continue on, that we get to press on. And Lord, I just ask for your blessing over our entire community, that they would have a new vision of your possibilities, that there would be a new excitement, that there would be a refreshing in their hearts and in their spirit, that you are able, Lord. You are able. Lord, I know that we've had our challenges in this past season and even in this past week with coming back to school and the craziness of it and the questions around all of it, Lord. Lord, I know that these things are all in front of us, but we trust you and we choose to press on like Paul did. Lord, thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for my friends. Amen. Go in peace.